Welcome to episode 27 of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies Podcast. I am your co-host, The Father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, a.k.a. Matt Rawlings, and I am joined, as always, by with my trusty co-host... Jackson, the son, and no jokes this week, I take my year-end top ten list more seriously than a heart attack with a gun. Man, yeah, we are doing our top 10 list of 2019. Now, uh, even though this is a top 10 list, be warned, we are a spoiler podcast. We continue that on in our top 10 list. So if we're discussing one of our movies in our top 10 list that you haven't seen, hey, sorry. You know, what can I say? We're going to discuss some spoilers. So, all right, Jackson, before we get there, what did you think of 2019 overall in horror? Great year. Um, I think as the 2010s went on, they got stronger and stronger. Um, last year, I thought it couldn't be top, but this year, I think we've evened out. I think we've hit the plateau, and I'm excited to see where 2020 goes. Yeah, I agree. I thought 2019 was a very strong year. I didn't think that there were as many films as 2018 where I thought were were classics, but I did think there were a lot more really good movies, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, three, three and a half, four star movies, as I put them on Letterboxd, I thought there were a lot more of those. I thought it was a really strong year. So let's go ahead and kick this off with number 10. And Jackson, we'll go round robin. What's your number 10 of 2019? My number 10 is It Chapter 2. Wow. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be on here, but I rewatched it recently, and I just I dug it. I don't know, as much as my first theater experience with the movie. Um, it's just a fun one. I haven't read the book It. I mean, it's a thousand pages long, and I don't have that much time to devote to anything. But um, just watching this movie in context with watching the original just, I don't know, resonated with me. I liked it. I do think it's a strong movie. It didn't make my top 10 list. Um, It could make my honorable mentions. I do think Bill Hader's performance in it is one of the strongest of the year. Would you disagree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, um, I mean, I've always known that he was a strong actor, but seeing him not only deliver comedic lines, but also a lot of drama in this movie, it was really refreshing. Oh, 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 just just he was amazing and some great lines in that movie. I thought that movie was, uh, you know, it had kind of went back and forth. I thought it had weak moments. I thought it had really strong moments, but I thought the strong moments did outweigh the weak moments. So that's why it's it's probably going to make my honorable mentions. My number 10. And this should make Gilman Joel somewhat happy. You'll probably want it higher. Um, and by the way, Jay of the Dead also will make him happy, although Jay of the Dead is going to be deeply disappointed with my top 10 list overall, <laughs> listening to Considering the Cinema. But my number 10 is Crawl. Awesome. Yeah, we watched this one together in the theater. It was a great experience. It was a great theater experience, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'd like, I mean, right. I'd like to, I just wanted to say I'd like to see more movies like this where it's kind of like you got one or two set pieces. It's a short movie. It was less than 90 minutes, um, and it was just fun. I mean, just action all the way through it. Well, you're an aspiring filmmaker, buddy, so you make those movies, right? <laughs> sure. There you go. All right. What's your number nine? My number nine is Dr. Sleep. We got two Stephen King movies in a row. Oh. Yeah. All so, right. Dr. Sleep edged out it chapter two for me on my top 10 list. Um, I've only seen it one and a half times. I haven't seen it uh, 
twice like I'd seen it chapter two, but um, I thought it was really strong. You know, obviously the performances all over are being praised, and, and I agree they're great, especially from the lead. Um, and I haven't read the book, but I just feel like this is a worthy successor to the Shining movie and book, uh, though not equally as maybe memorable, not not as as quotable or masterful. I would say that it's a fun watch. It's got some really great ideas, and it balances that line between blockbuster and like art house indie horror film really well. Yeah, I really liked um, Doctor Sleep. I saw that with our buddy um, Mr. Jim. I did read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not recommend the book. <laughs> I didn't. I did not think the book was really that good, um, to be honest. But I, I did think that what Mike Flanagan did with the movie was great. And I won't say any more because that could be mentioned later on. Oh, okay. Um, so I will go to my number nine, which is a movie that technically came out in 2017, but got wide release this year. Do you hear that, Dad? It's a musical zombie movie. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's intentional. Okay, that's that alarm me. Oh, we were being hacked. <laughs> I'm talking about Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, that is my number nine. I am not a musical person. I <laughs> usually hate musicals. Yeah, you scared I, me. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm kind of burned out on zombie movies, but I loved Anna and the Apocalypse. I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the music was great. It's my number nine. Cool. I haven't seen it, but I'll, I'll get around to it. Uh, we may have to watch it tonight. All right. We're after we finish this, we're we're celebrating by ordering pizza, and we may have to watch Anna mm-hmm. and the Apocalypse. So, and our lovely producer and editor Megan, she loves musicals, so maybe she will even put up with Anna and the Apocalypse. So, yeah. All right. Next up for you, buddy. What is number eight? My number eight is a controversial one, not because it, it, it may not be a horror movie. It's definitely a horror movie. Not because it isn't a good movie that a lot of people will have on their top ten list, but because of how low it's placed, I would say. And that is Us, directed by Jordan Peele. Um, my number eight for the year. What? Yeah. So my number eight is Us. Uh, I thought it was a great movie. Not as good as Get Out, I would say. But it did have some interesting twists, and I like the idea that it, it's focusing more on straight, pure horror with even some like action horror in there um, and some slasher elements in some scenes rather than the psychological um, terror that was delivered to us in Get Out. Um, not as masterful as Get Out, I would say, but I would say it is a, a, a worthy second outing. I don't think it falls into the sophomore slump, and I would recommend it. I am disappointed. It's so low on your list. Um, Jay of the Dead thought it was overrated. Um, Jay has obviously started drinking heavily. Um, <laughs> and I will I will bring this up later. Um, my number eight is another movie that Jay hated if I was overrated. It's Ready or Not. Um, 
I love this movie. I think it's so much fun. I think the ending is a blast. I think um, Samara Weaving is incredible in it. I think the supporting cast, I think Andy McDowell. I mean, if we're looking at um, supporting performances in like horror Oscars, I think Andy McDowell should be nominated at mm-hmm. least for best supporting actress for this. I loved Ready or Not, my number eight. <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess we can move on to number seven because there is something that might tie back to what you were just talking uh, about. Okay, so what's your number seven, buddy? My number seven is a little film called Ready or Not. Um, oh, yes. Which I will say is one of the, the more fun movies of the year. Um, it's got that, it's got comedy in it, and I think it balances comedy and horror perfectly. Um, the lead is fantastic. Like you said, the whole supporting cast with the family, especially Andy McDowell. Um, she was great where she's kind of uh, matronly sometimes, and then other times she's just chilling and distant. I loved that. Oh, and at times just evil, right? Right. Yeah, that whole family. They, I mean, you can't really tell who you can trust, except maybe the uh, obvious ones are they're kind of bratty and, and idiots you don't like. But sometimes you can't tell who to trust, and I like that. If there's a power struggle almost going on. And um, it was brutal. Un- I did not expect it to be this brutal. I mean, I saw that it was a new horror movie coming out, um, and that it had kind of like a fun theme trailer. And then you get to it, and people are exploding, and faces are being bashed in. I was like, where did this come from? I did not expect it. Uh, But it was a welcome addition to this movie, I would say, because it just makes it all the more killer, I guess. Oh, it's it's so much fun, right? I mean, it's just a fun movie. And so... I loved it. I love the entire cast. I'm glad it's, you know, yeah. My number eight, your number seven. My number seven is a movie you've already brought up. It's Dr. Sleep. Um, didn't like the book at all. Um, thought that when it came out, I thought, how can you make a sequel to The Shining? Um, and I then when I heard that Mike Flanagan, who I greatly admire, um, Hush, Haunting of Hill House, you know, but I thought, how can you, how can you do that? He pulled it off. It's a great cast. Now I have some problems with it. The reason it's not a little bit higher. Um, there is a character in it named Abra. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember sitting there reading the book and, and watching the movie thinking if her last name is Cadabra, yeah. I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. Um, but I, I do think they pulled it off. By the way, talking about performances, Ewan McGregor, and yep. Rebecca Ferguson mm-hmm. as you know, as the hat. How good were they? Yeah, perfect. I mean, yeah, probably some of the stronger outings of this year. I mean, obviously, Ewan McGregor is a established actor, and he's been in too many properties to count. Um, but I didn't know what to expect from him in a straight horror movie. I mean, wasn't he in? Uh, well, what's a movie called Night Watch, like a remake of of a, yes. a European he- film. Yes, he was in Night Watch. It's a remake of the, the translation would be Night Watch, mm-hmm. um, directed by the same director. Um, and oh. he's also in that with Josh Brolin. I think it's 97 or 98. Um, it's a great remake. It's a great original. It's The original is very hard to find. Very, mm-hmm. very hard to find these days. I'm, I'm not sure why. But yeah, Ewan McGregor plays a law student working at night at a morgue mm-hmm. during a time when a serial killer is on the loose. So I hadn't, I hadn't seen that movie. I, d- I didn't know what to expect from him in a horror film, but he pulls it off. Um, I think as a lead, he's perfect. 
I think he does portray Danny faithfully as a character. I mean, I can definitely see how Danny would evolve into uh, how Ewan McGregor portrays him in the movie. So that's great. I thought Rosa Hat did have some really menacing moments. Oh, um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, just all the members of the True Knot, really scary, especially that scene, and we are a spoiler podcast, the scene where the little uh, baseball the baseball kid is, you know, just kind of brutally murdered, and it's very oh frank and, and very, um, very like cold and uh, chilling, really. Oh, chilling, yeah, to be sure. So, yeah, that's so that's where I'm coming in. So, what's next on your list? Well, my number six is Daniel isn't real. Wow, it's, we it's just a, watched that the other day too. Yeah. Yep. It's a it's a indie uh, horror film starring Patrick Schwarzenegger and um, the the kid from Halloween twenty eighteen the one who likes to blow stuff up with firecrackers right um, and one of the like most unexpected roles ever I would say who who saw that kid and said he would be great as the lead in in a weird psychedelic you know trippy indie horror film but he pulls it off some of the best performances I've seen in the year. Um, very serious, but with moments of comedy to like provide levity. Uh, it's weird. It makes you think. I know that we were trading theories about the plot and what was actually going on uh, for long after the movie had ended. And I even wanted to stick through the credits to see if anything else was coming because I needed a little bit more information, you know. So it's one of those movies. Um, I really enjoyed it. I looked into the production of it. Seems like it would have been fun to film and. Uh, I don't know, just resonated with me. So that's why it's at uh, number six in my top 10 list. Well, it's a great movie. I can't fault you. Um, didn't make my list maybe just because I just saw it uh, mm -hmm. and I'm still kind of thinking about it. Could make my honorable mentions list. I do think it is a very strong movie and I do think people need to check it out. It's on Amazon Prime to rent right now for $3.99 or $4.99 and I definitely think it is worth the rental. I saw Big Bill was watching it today. We'd love to hear what he thinks about it. It's a very strong movie. So, And, and Patrick Schwarzenegger, really mm -hmm. shocked. I hadn't seen him in anything before. Really shocked by how good he is. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's... um. I mean, he's funny when there's time for that, and he's also really, really scary and unnerving. I was not expecting that. Um, and, I mean, the family resemblance is there. So if you want to see another another Schwarzenegger movie, there you go. Daniel wasn't real. But he's not as muscle-bound as his dad, right? No, I mean, but that makes him scarier, I think. He, he kind of slinks around. He looks like the, the human equivalent of, like, a, a black cat you'd see in an alley. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So... My number six is a movie we saw together. My only problem with it at the time was I thought it was a little too long, mm. but I think it is easily one of the best shot acted. And really, like I said, with the exception of the editing, I think it's one of the most chilling movies of the year. My number six is Midsommar from Ari Aster. I think it is brilliant. I would agree. And that's all and I, I want to say about it for now. For now. Okay. Yeah. And I, we definitely want to see the director's cut, right? Even though mm -hmm. I'm complaining that it was too long, I yep. still want to see the director's cut. At the very least, you can skip around to the scenes that are added. I want to see that. Yeah, absolutely. So number five, buddy, what is your number five? My number five is a foreign film called Tigers Are Not Afraid. Oh, so good. Yeah, I'm not going to say a lot here because that one could come up again let me do well let's just say it it's going to come up again so yeah, yeah tigers are not afraid which is another one that jay of the dead said was overrated 
Yeah, I wouldn't agree with Jay on that one. I thought this was amazing. I mean, the kid actors are just fantastic. There's a lot of heart in this movie, and it's also heartbreaking um, in a few key scenes. It reminds me a little bit of like an, a demented version of an 80s you know, teen movie. Like, like the, imagine the Goonies if everything was depressing. And then you've got tigers are not afraid. Um, I like that. The Goonies of everything was depressing. That should yep. be on the DVD box. Yeah, it should. Yeah. Y- you can pay me for that. Uh, filmmakers, producers of tigers are not afraid. Yeah. I take PayPal. But uh, yeah, fantastic movie. And um, nobody and, uses PayPal anymore, but you got to get it into Venmo. Come on. Come on. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, tigers are not afraid. Number five. I think it deserves it. My number five is a movie that I know you liked and may come up again. One Cut of the Dead. Um, One Cut of the Dead was a movie that I heard a lot about. I know it got leaked onto Amazon early on. I saw it on Shudder. You can watch it on Shudder now, like Tigers Are Not Afraid. And I think you'll agree with me on this. Stick with it past the 30-minute mark. Yes. Yes, it's worth it because if you're if you go to 29 minutes, you're like, what is this? Mm -hmm. But you have to stick with it. Yep. And it's well worth it. You Mm -hmm. agree? I would agree. Yeah. And you can't just skip through the 30 minutes, the first 30 minutes, because those come back later and are are important. So stick with it. Watch it all the way through. Don't skip around. You won't regret it. I agree. All right. So that's my number five. You go on. What's next on your list, buddy? My number four is one cut of the dead. (laughs) Oh, Oh, great minds think alike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. Well, uh, it's I'm kind of ashamed to admit that I am usually not huge into Asian cinema. I mean, I love the classics, you know, like The Grudge or, or Ringu or whatever. Um, but it's not my foray. Not to say that I don't like it, just to say that I, I haven't really delved into that subgenre. Do you like, much. like, Train to Busan and yes. the Wailing? Okay. Train to Busan is amazing. Yes, I would agree with that. Um I like everything I've seen. I just don't get around to it very often. Uh, okay. and, and foreign films in general, I think, are, are not my strong suit. I don't mind reading subtitles or anything. It's just um, it, it takes a while for them to get over to the U.S., I guess, is the problem. So number four, One Cut of the Dead. I would say, um, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, watch. It's worth. is it free on Amazon Prime? I think it's on Prime and Shudder. One Cut of the Dead is on. Is free on Shutter. It's on Shutter. Mm-hmm. So I would say um, go in open minded because it's not what you think it is. No, it is not. But it is well worth it. Well, well worth it. So, all right. Somehow I think we're going to be crossing lines <laughs> yet again. My number four is the Lighthouse. Um, this movie we saw together. I saw it in theater. You, we saw it together. You've watched mm-hmm. it since then, so we've both seen it twice. Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, who I was very disappointed to see that Robert Eggar had cast him, and yet he pulled it <laughs> off. Um, I think Dafoe is better, but I think they're both amazing, and it's mm-hmm. it's really a two actor, almost like. Um, I mean, there are some other scenes with some other actors, but it's basically a, 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 two, a two person play, mm-hmm. right? I would. Yes. And I mean, we've seen a lot of these psychological movies where characters get more and more, um, you know, crazy that they, they divulge into madness. But this movie is special because not only 
do the characters go mad, you go mad while you're watching it because you have no idea what's going on, and that is glorious. I agree with that. I, I think Eggars makes you work here. This was a movie he wanted to make. He was slated to do Nosferatu. He decided to do this instead because he knew there is no way he could do this movie um, any other way. He shot it like a black. He shot it black and white. Shot it like a silent movie ratio wise, and he knew there's no way he could ever make this movie again. It's not a commercial movie. It's not for everyone, but it is chilling. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> All right. So that's my number four. What's your number three? My number three, uh, ironically, is Three from Hell, the new Rob Zombie movie. The conclusion to the Firefly um, trilogy started with House of a Thousand Corpses, you know, moved on with Devil's Rejects, and now right. Three from Hell. Um, I didn't see this in its original run. I actually saw it at somebody else's house on DVD. And I wasn't expecting very much from it. I was like, okay, well, House of a Thousand Corpses, it's a cult classic. Um, Devil the Rejects, I think, widely accepted by everyone as a great, not only a horror movie, but also a comedy and an action movie, a crime movie, a Western almost. So I didn't know how well Three from Hell was going to follow it up. And I think it succeeded on every level. I think it is nearly as good as Devil's Rejects in every respect other than the fact that Captain Spaulding, unfortunately, is only in basically one scene. Um, but of course, that's because the actor who played him uh, passed away later on and was in you know a frail condition at that point. Yeah, rest in peace, Sid Haig. You mm-hmm. know, God bless his heart. But um, I did see this in theater. I saw it on its initially. They, it was a three night run, and I saw it on the first night. Um, I did really like it. It didn't make, didn't make my list, didn't make my honorable mentions, but I do think it is a very good movie. It has some chilling scenes in it. Um, I think it suffers in comparison to the devil's rejects and house of a thousand corpses. I don't think it's as good as it, but I do think it's still a strong movie and I do recommend people seeing it. I would say it's more accessible than House of a Thousand Corpses, so um, that that, well, that that doesn't say a lot. Most yeah. movies are more accessible That's than true. House of a Thousand Corpses. Well, and then I would say House of a Thousand Corpses is more accessible than Lords of Salem. So I mean, it just gets more and more weird as you go on, really. But um, I would say that that's a that's a point in its favor and and Three from Hell's favor because it's it's basically carrying over the style of Devil's Rejects rather than House of a Thousand Corpses, which I think succeeded more in making a coherent, you know, watchable movie. As much as I love House of a Thousand Corpses, it's a little weird. It's a little jarring to watch, but um, I appreciated it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was brutal, and it was just a fun watch. And we both agree it was better than 31. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree <laughs> with that. Hey, but I would say 31 is better than Lords of Salem in some aspects. Oh, no, 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 no. I like Lords of Salem better, but all right. But, and I don't, I don't, with the exception of Halloween 2, I don't hate anything Rob Zombie has done. I do hate mm-hmm. Halloween 2, but um, I, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, but um, I, 31, I didn't despise. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate mm-hmm. it. Um, all right. My number three is a movie you've already brought up, which is Tigers Are Not Afraid. And, I think it's a genius movie. Yes, it has some problems, um, but I will just go ahead. I will fess up to what I evaded on Twitter, which is I cried like a baby at the end (laughs) of this movie. I, I, this movie is probably one of the most emotional horror movies I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. 
fair enough. Yep. I mean, it's last year, Witch in the Window um, made me cry. This year, this one made me ball. Tigers Are Not Afraid is absolutely incredible. It's streaming on Shudder. If you haven't seen it, I know a lot of horror fans, they don't like subtitles. They don't like to deal with that. But I am telling you, you need to see this movie. And it's not just a great horror movie. It's a great movie, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I did get emotional, yeah, by the end. Um, not just because it was sad, but also it was exhilarating for one of the characters. It's just a mix of emotions, like a like a fruit salad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would recommend it That was it a as fruit well. salad, a mix of emotions. <laughs> it, well, you got, a, you got a mix of emotions, you got a mix of fruit. It's an analogy, okay. I guess. Okay. I don't know. I didn't think. I, I said it, then immediately knew that you were scratching your head. <laughs> Um, That's all right, buddy. That's all right. That's okay. Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't judge. I'm just saying, I just want to make sure I was, you know, tracking. That's you got to really analyze that one. To, you got to look into it. <laughs> okay. Much like a movie uh, I'll be talking about for my number two. Let, let me say this. I mean, Tigers Are Not Afraid for the horror fan is what Titanic is for Celine Dion fans. And, <laughs> and Titanic, as I've said before on this podcast, is an evil, evil movie uh, produced by Satan and the Hallmark Channel, which is also run by Satan. Um, Titanic is a horrible movie, but this is a really good emotional movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is, you know, the, the whoever you went to see Titanic with in 1997, who was crying and, and, and they were actually shedding tears of a demon, um, that this, this is the exact opposite of that. These are real tears. It's well worth it. Tigers Are Not Afraid is incredible. So, your number two. My number two is a little movie called Midsummer. Um, wow. A follow-up to Hereditary. I mean, literally shot right after Hereditary, shot back-to-back. Um, I've seen this movie three and a half times now. Uh, it's not an easy one to get through, but I think by the end, y- there's a lot to gain from it. It's, it's almost like taking a course in psychology uh, through your eyes over two and a half hours. And uh, there's a lot of points and like, there's a lot of things that should make this accessible. And then there's a lot of things that fight against that. I would say overall, I think a regular moviegoer can watch it and feel uncomfortable and a horror movie fan, like a, like a hardcore one will enjoy the more squeamish parts of the movie. But, um, it's, it's fun and then it's not fun. It's like it's like a, a war of emotions, and I think more movies need to follow that uh, kind of moniker. You know, I can't argue with you. Like I said, I thought it was too long. Uh, mm-hmm. Ironically, I still want to see the director's cut, which is longer. Right. Um, but the parts that worked for me worked so well. And, you know, there are times when you and I saw this together, and I was watching it going, oh, he's not going to go there. He's not going to go there. Right. He's not- Oh, he goes there. And there are just some parts of this movie that are just brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely brutal. Um, so I don't blame you for putting it at uh, number two. It's my number six. My number two is a movie that unfortunately you didn't get to see. We tried to see it. We couldn't work it out, which is mm-hmm. Parasite. Um, Parasite is, uh, I know some people have said it's not horror. Um, even though it was marketed that way, I can understand that until the last half hour. This is a long movie. It's about two hours and 15 minutes. It doesn't feel like it, mm-hmm. but the last 30 minutes do go horror before that. It's more of a black comedy, a dark comedy. 
But man, oh man, oh man, it is absolutely genius. I think every single person who acted in it deserves, um, if the guys from H&P are listening, they deserve a nomination uh, for acting for horror movies this year. I love Parasite. I know Greg Amore disliked it too. It's an amazing movie. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see it. I'll see it when it gets when it hits a home home video release. Well, it's going to be on Amazon just during a couple of weeks. It's well, there you go. Uh, Perfect. I think it, I th- yeah, I think it's scheduled to drop on Amazon mid January, and then drop DVD Blu Ray the end of January. It is well well worth it. So, all right, buddy, mm-hmm. here we go. Your number one. What is your number one of the year? Well, I need to brace myself. I need to I need to pause and talk about my honorable mentions before I move on to my number you one. You want to do your honorable mentions first? Yeah, okay, because, go for it. Um, so my honorable mentions, I got five here. These really could have been any of the movies that, you know, scored like three stars or above on Letterboxd. Um, but I picked Crawl, Haunt, Child's Play, Eli, Ooh, yeah. and Bliss for my honorable mentions. Not in any specific order, just um, those in general. Though I will say... That Bliss, if you're looking for something experimental and out there, that's a movie for, that you go for. Uh, Haunt is kind of a uh, interesting take on the Haunted House movie. And Child's yep. Play, I mean, that's just like a fun slasher. It's the return of Chucky. You know how it is. Um, now, I didn't see, like you said, I didn't see Parasite. I didn't see Knife Plus Heart, which I hear is getting a lot of buzz. I didn't see Little Monsters. Those might have made my honorable mentions or even my top ten list, but I didn't get to see those unfortunately so moving on to my number one this one is one that you mentioned earlier but uh i've rewatched it twice now it's the lighthouse and uh wow yeah this movie has captivated me like no movie from this year has there's something about it um you really feel like you're going mad in an hour and 57 minutes uh this movie does to you what i'm sure like 20 years in a, in a mental asylum couldn't i mean it is just it's just bonkers and it, and it starts off slow it starts off like um kind of cold kind of distant you're like oh it's got kind of a creepy a creepy atmosphere but as it goes on it just gets more and more demented until there's screaming and waves crashing and uh blood spraying i mean the, there's nothing I can say about this movie that will truly describe the madness that uh, will follow you around after you watch this movie. Wow. I, you know, I can't argue with you because it is, it is brilliantly shot, brilliantly acted. Um, I, I think you're going to be in the minority of people who want to see it multiple times, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, you know, I can't argue with it from a filmmaking perspective. It is uh, truly an achievement. So uh, yeah, The Lighthouse is a great movie. I'm shocked it hasn't gotten more love from critics. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I got any Golden Globe nominations. Um, which, speaking of Golden Globes, somebody who got robbed, like Tony Collette did last year with Hereditary, Lupita Nyonga got robbed this year, and that's because my number one movie is Jordan Peele's Us. Oh. Um, uh, Jay, if you're listening... I love you, but you're insane. Um, this movie is incredible. It's, you know, to quote Dr. Shock, there's so much going on and Jordan Peele has done such a great job and every single shot matters. There's so much going on in every single shot. It's, it's a great social commentary like Get Out, except now he's commenting on 
on progressives who believe that they're changing the world because they hashtag something or they participate in a one day event like, you know, Hands Across America, which is, you know, obviously lampooned in the movie. Um, It's and he's also homaging his favorite Twilight Zone episode. It is incredible. The cast is amazing. The performances are amazing. Cinematography is amazing. Jordan's, Jordan Peele's Us is a modern classic. Get Out was my favorite movie of two years ago. Us is my favorite movie this year. I freely admit that I am a Jordan Peele fanboy. We both love Key and Peele, but mm-hmm. I this movie is absolutely incredible. I think it's a horror movie classic. Yes, Jay, classic. It's a <laughs> horror movie classic. I own it. I love it. I think it's incredible. Yeah, I can't argue with you. Um, I guess for me, uh, it appealed to me less than Get Out, but all the things he said are true, and I will I will admit that my, it was at number eight for me. Um, maybe down the down the road it'll it'll be higher up in my list when I look back retrospectively at this year in horror. But um, yeah, definitely agree. It is a modern classic, and it has such a great ending. Let me just for those who have seen it, those mm-hmm. who have. Eyes to see and ears to hear. Um, oh, man. Oh, that ending is incredible. And how good is Lupita Nyong'o in that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she got robbed. Yeah, absolutely. Did she not? Does she not deserve a Golden Globe for that? Yep. If, if okay, so that was kind of crappy that she didn't get any. If Willem Dafoe doesn't get any for The Lighthouse, um, if uh, Florence Pooh doesn't get any for... Midsummer, I'm going to be up in arms. We need to do our own Oscar episode. I know we'll contribute to HMPs when we don't need to, you know, we know we're not trying to rip off HMP because we love them uh, dearly, but we may need to do our own Oscar episode because I'm with you right now. Us would be best picture to me. Willem Dafoe would probably, he would be up there for best actor and Lupita Nyong'o would be up there for best actress. You disagree with that? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Okay. All right, so um, that's my number one. I'll go ahead and tell you my honorable mentions before we get to the rest of our list. Haunt is also in my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think it was a lot of fun, yeah. just a lot of fun. I thought it was a great slasher movie um, and from the guys who wrote A Quiet Place, really liked it. Um, also, I, I do want to say real quick, there are two documentaries that I want to point out this year. I'm not, I, I don't know what to do with horror documentaries, whether I put them mm-hmm. on my top 10 list. If, if we did, I would book, I would say horror noir and in search of darkness, both would be there. Mm-hmm. I think they're incredible. Did you see horror noir? I did. I got, I think I saw most of it. Yeah. On shutter. I think it's amazing. I think it's absolutely incredible. It has a lot to say. Absolutely love it. But um, Haunt is up there for me as an honorable mention. The Headhunter, mm-hmm. uh, which I watched the other night. Daniel Isn't Real um, is on my honorable mentions. We we watched it together. Thought it was great. The Perfection mm-hmm. on Netflix. And Hagazusa also mm-hmm. is one. That's an extremely slow burn. Yep. Um, but it's so beautifully shot. You can find it on Shutter. It's on my honorable mention list as well. Cool. All right. So I know you have some other categories. So yep. I'm going to start off. 
I'm gonna start off with one that um I think maybe only I have one for. I just wanted to point out the most fun 2019 horror film for me. The one that I I was just you know laughing and having a good time watching it with my friends, and that was Three from Hell. Um, that was probably though it isn't my number one. Uh, in the top 10 list, it, I think I had the most fun with it. As much as I love The White House and Midsummer, which are my number two and, and number one picks, they aren't, you know, a communal experience like Three from Hell is, especially if your friends have seen uh, lots of Rob Zombie movies. You kind of know what to expect, and it's just a fun time. But what I'm most excited to talk about is my top three least favorite movies <laughs> from 2019. Well, before you get there, sure, sure. Um, let me say, as far as fun goes, okay. I mean, looking back, as far as fun goes, I mean, Hot would be up there, Crawl would be up there, mm-hmm. but I think probably the most fun I had, I still would say Us because I, I just think it's so brilliant and I thought it was a lot of fun. But you know, Ready or Not has to be up there. Ready or Not oh, was yeah. so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was just a blast. So, all right. So I don't, you know, I'm not a big fan of this category, but let's do it. Three (laughs) worst horror movies of the year. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with my number three and then go down to number one. Uh, Three isn't that offensive. I just thought it was totally unnecessary. And that is Happy Death Day to you. Um, What? Not a bad movie. Not, not Not a terrible movie, I would say. But no, I it was, it was totally, fun. I would say it's totally unnecessary. Uh, uh, it's just the first movie again, but I think it's just drawn out this time. Happy Death Day to you. Didn't care for it that much. I liked the first one, but this just felt like more of that, and I was looking for something different. So that's number three. Not offensive in any way. I would still say if you liked the first one, to try it out. But my number two is one that I think a lot of people don't like, and that is the Banana Splits movie. Yeah. Uh, did not care for it at all. I'm not a, a Banana Splits fan or anything. I'm not enraged by this movie, but um, just I was not engaged at all. I mean, the characters didn't interest me. I didn't find the animatronics scary. Um, just, you know, totally boring in my opinion. So that's my number two. Moving on to my number one, I think this one is universally panned by everybody, and that is The Haunting of Sharon Tate which is just a, oh. a movie that's in really poor taste, and it's poorly executed, too. I mean, the acting is all fine, may, subpar for the most part, but average from the lead, I would say. But the writing is just atrocious, and the camera work, it can't decide if it wants to be vintage or modern. Um, the editing is really strange. They reuse the same shots over and over again in flashback scenes. Um, like, they'll, they'll have a scene in the beginning, and characters will flashback to that shot, later on in the movie because they're just trying to pad the runtime um and it's just in poor taste like why are you i mean uh once upon a time in hollywood did it but it was fun and it was a great movie and warranted that this movie is only about that and it's just really it's it does not deserve to be you know about such a tragedy and and treat it as like a, a attraction so Haunting of Sharon Tate is my number one least favorite film of the year, and it's a contender for worst of the decade. Wow. Well, we had talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when we did our Tarantino episode. We saw that together. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is right up there with us in Parasite, my favorite movie overall of the year. I thought it was incredible, mm-hmm. didn't you? 
Yeah, I would. Yes, definitely. That's another kind of slow movie, but the ending really picks up. We see that a lot these days. Oh, the ending for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is just classic. I know. I mean, we were we were jumping up and down and clapping in the theater. I mean, everybody was. It's just a fun time. Oh, I mean, when Brad Pitt makes that statement, no, yeah. it's something dumber than that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I that from there on out, yeah. it's so wonderful. Um, all right, my worst. I want to say there's a. I'm, I have, I'm tempted to say my number one, two, and three uh, least favorite horror movie is Fred Durst Fanatic with John <laughs> Travolta. Um, now I say that it's not necessarily a badly made movie. It's just that as somebody who I have been diagnosed as being slightly on the spectrum, you and I have relatives who are on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's such an offensive portrayal of somebody on the spectrum. I mean, it's horribly offensive. Um, and so I have to put fanatic on there. I, I just think it's an offensive movie. Um, it, it, like I said, it's not terribly made. It's not great either. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the, I mean, when your opening line is I can't stay long, I've got to poop. Yeah. Um, you know, exactly. it, it, yeah, it's, it's not a great movie, um, but it's not terrible either. It's just offensive and it doesn't deliver. Um, so I'm going to put, you know, fanatic up there. Here's one that I know Dr. Shock's not going to like. Climax is up there for me um, mm. on the worst. Not because, it, you know, Gasper Van Noe, he's not my cup of tea to begin with. It is wonderfully shot. It is a beautifully shot movie. My problem with it is the kind of movie that it is, is um, it's basically a dance troupe, drinks some spiked, um, you know, punch with LSD and their kind of true selves come out. And the problem is they're all horrible people mm-hmm. and there's nobody to root for. And it's an, like an hour and a half of just dialogue with people that you can't stand. Sure. And so I just didn't as well as it was shot. I was just like, why am I watching this? I don't care about these people. In fact, I hate these people. So mm-hmm. that was my problem with um that movie climax i just didn't care for it my number one worst movie of the year i think you can probably guess is bore um it has bill mosley mm-hmm. um that's all it has going for it. the cgi <laughs> is horrendous it's a giant pig movie set in australia Great. with bad cgi it's a sci-fi movie that somehow found its way onto shutter it's a mm-hmm. terrible movie so my worst movie of the year is bore okay yeah, I haven't seen Boar. Um, I didn't watch The Fanatic all the way through, though I did see clips just because I thought it was like, oh my gosh, this is a movie. Um, Fred yeah. Durst of Limp Biscuit and John Travolta with a terrible wig on. Why is this happening? But um, It is a terrible... It's it's the worst wig this side of Jamie Lee Curtis on Halloween too, is it not? Yeah, so Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's not good. But one, one thing I want to ask you about really quick... Um, is what is your most anticipated 2020 horror film? Because I've got some thoughts on that. Ooh, oh man. Um, it's a good question. Nothing comes to mind off the top of the head. We were just talking about you and I and uh, our buddy Jim Bay just went to Pittsburgh to go to the filming locations for Dawn of the Dead, the Monroeville Mall, Night of the Living Dead, um, at the cemetery there. And we were talking about that. And I was saying, you know what? 2020 other than the new james bond movie there's i I can't think of anything i'm really looking forward to what are you looking Mm -hmm. forward to i've got a list here um the Candyman remake 
um, with. Okay, Jordan, I, I Jordan will Peele. go with you there because mm-hmm. Jordan wrote the screenplay and is producing yep. it, and I am a fanboy. So, yeah, Candyman, I do want to see. Candyman. Uh, so, Kong versus Godzilla. I'm looking forward Will to it. Will that come out in 2020? Because I've, I've heard that it may be pushed is it back. Push back. Well, I'm rooting for it. Uh, okay. A Quiet Place 2. I'll see it. I'm, I'm a little skeptical, but I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love the first one, so I'll see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, the Organ Donor, which is another Saul movie. Oh, somehow. now that's another Saul movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. All uh, right. The Invisible uh, Man. Obviously. Oh, now I I usually don't watch trailers. I have seen part of that. I am mm-hmm. looking forward to that. I I am a Lee Winnell fan. I did see part of the trailer. I turned it off after like ten seconds because I was already sold. So, yep, you got me. I forgot about that. Yes, I want to see the Invisible Man. And then my final thing on my anticipated list is Antebellum, which I think is a Blumhouse movie. Mm, okay. Which it says from the producer of Get Out and Us. So yeah, I guess it's it's Blum. So, and there, are, yeah, I I will see that. Also, Antlers is a movie that I mm-hmm. do want to see that comes to mind. Yep. Yeah. So yep. there you go. There's my list of my most anticipated films this year. I also saw a few that I just thought you know they weren't bad enough to be on my top three list. They weren't good enough to be on my top ten or honorable mentions. Like like Brightburn, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I thought was fun. Uh, Harpoon, which I think is more on the comedy, dark comedy side than the, the yeah. Side. I, I I'm with you. We watched that together. I liked Harpoon a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it it shocked me that I liked it because. It does have that thing where I usually, you know, like, like I mentioned, yeah. if the, the characters are all unlikable, typically I'm out, but somehow Harpoon grabbed me. Yeah. Uh, another one I wrote down was Lords of Chaos, which isn't a horror movie. It's horror adjacent. I would say it's a biopic with horror scenes in it. Um, and then Sweetheart, which I watched today on Netflix. I thought it was just okay. Not bad. Uh, not great. I would say it's a, it's a fine watch. I mean, it's not that much of a of an investment. It's less than ninety minutes. I'm I'm enjoying that trend. Less than ninety minute movies. Um, yeah, me too. Which are just like easily consumable. You can watch them in one sitting, and it's great. So those were all the movies. Pretty much all the horror movies I saw new releases this year. Um, I'm excited about next year. All right. Well, I like I said, until you start talking, I wasn't there. There just wasn't anything that just pops to mind to me. It's like, oh, you know, I knew Us was coming out in 2019. I was looking forward to that. I knew Ari Aster was making his, you know, follow up to Hereditary. So I was looking forward to that. But <clears throat> and I knew that Robert Eggars was coming up with his sophomore follow up. So I was looking forward to that. And there's nothing really in 2020 that mm-hmm. looks that good to me. But Here's what I found, and here's where I think we're really blessed as horror fans. There's so much independent stuff. I mean, who knew about One Cut of the Dead a year ago? Exactly, yeah. Even though it, it had technically been making the the you know the circuit since 2017. Yeah, but it was, oh man, it was so good. And mm-hmm. so, and then we finally got Anna and the Apocalypse, which I know you haven't seen, but uh, you know, we're going to rectify that tonight over pizza. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, um, uh, oh one, one more thing I'm anticipating, looking forward to. I don't know if this is 2020 or 2021, but Edgar Wright is doing a horror movie. Yes, he is. The Soho movie. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is 2020. Yeah, so, and I'm I'm with you there. I'm I'm also a big fan, director of Shaun of the Dead, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, buddy. Yep. Mm-hmm. So those are the movies I'm anticipating. 2019 was a great year. I think it's equal with 2018, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think it's about equal. I, I agree. Um, I thought it was a great year. I think this is a golden age to be a horror fan. Mm-hmm. You know, so guys enjoy it and 
be looking forward to, I will tell you, as we come to a close in this year without, with at the risk of being sappy, the movie I'm most looking forward to is the horror movie my son will make one oh. day. So <laughs> there you go. So guys, we so appreciate all of you tuning in. Um, we have more than now 22,000 RSS subscribers. I mean, it's, we, we did this just because we wanted to do it. I mm-hmm. mean, this was, and this was your idea, Jackson, to do it. We did it just because we were just to have fun and we never expected so many people to tune in and to have so many guests. And we want to have more guests. We want to have more of you out there <clears throat> to call in and, and, and just join us and talk about the horror movies that you love. So, you know, don't you agree, Jackson? We want them mm-hmm. out on here, right? We want Shane. We want Jody. Oh, yeah. We want Ian. We want, come on guys, get on this, right? Mm-hmm. And we've got we've got some great episodes already planned coming up in the works. I don't know if I'm supposed to announce this, but we've got a guest, one of our dear friends, coming on to talk about a Stephen King adaptation very soon. Yes. So we're, we're excited for that. And we're going to do our best of the decade. And mm-hmm. so we've got, yeah, we've got some some stuff coming up. So, Jackson, before we sign off, where can people catch up with you? Well, on Twitter, I'm at Kane underscore Hero 12. That's K-A-I-N-E underscore Hero 12. Uh, on Letterboxd, I'm at Kane Hero. I've also got a YouTube channel. And that is in the, the description on my profile on both those websites. Yeah. I, people can find me, Pastor Matt R, on Twitter and Letterboxd. And, of course, you can find us all at fatherandsonwatchhorror.com and also on Twitter. Um, and we have a closed Facebook group. We have an Instagram account, so you can catch up with us on there. So, folks, as we wind this down, we want to thank, first of all, Jackson for your time. You're busy and, and for giving us the music. Speaking of which. Um, and, oh, no. <laughs> so... And we want to thank our lovely producer and editor, Megan Rawlings, who makes this happen. So thank you, Megan, for everything you do. Thank you, H&P, Land of the Creeps, for inspiring us. Everybody out there, horror family, we hope you have a wonderful new year. We'll be back next week. See you guys. Say goodnight to the good people, Jackson. Goodbye, and remember to support horror and theaters in this upcoming year because we've had a great year and a great decade, so let's keep this ball rolling. Absolutely. See you guys next time.